the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. It's great to be with you today. I get to be with you on the Southern California Live show today all over Southern California as your guest host. It's wonderful to be with you again. And of course, you can listen live on your radio or your app. Just download the KKLA app or KPRZ app. If you're in San Diego, we're also on iHeartRadio. Wherever you go, you can find this program. And I want to encourage you to make it a part of your regular afternoon. The number here, you can join the program anytime, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And uh, I'd love to have you give us a call and uh, join the program today. Hope you got your coffee with you. I've got my coffee. I've, I've had a, a lot of coffee today, so uh, hopefully I won't talk too fast. Uh, my wife will call in and, and say, you need to slow it down, honey, and, uh, which she does. She does occasionally. Uh, she hasn't called into the show yet, um, but you know, maybe one day. We'll see. Anyway, it is good to be with you, and uh, there's a lot of work to do today. I know we got a short week coming up with Thanksgiving and uh, so many different things that we're thinking about. Uh, good thing there's nothing going on in the news. Uh, no, there's a lot going on in the news, obviously. And uh, what I want to talk about a little bit uh, today in this hour is unity with respect to things going on in the news. And uh, keep that in the background a little bit of uh, different subjects we're talking about. And you can call in and, and join the conversation again. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And uh, what are your thoughts on there? You know, one of the stories in the news today, and it's kind of a, a silly one. We'll just start with that one. But uh, silly in, uh, in the sense that it's not as important as some of the rest of the things. Uh, they're changing the name of the Staples Center. Did you know that? And uh, I was hoping that they would change the name of the Staples Center to the Michael Scott Paper Company Arena, um, if you know where I'm coming from. But uh, nope, uh, he didn't have the $700 million that it cost. Instead, it's going to be called the Crypto.com Arena. Not even making that up, the Crypto.com Arena. I'm going to have to have somebody come on this program and explain the whole crypto thing to me because I don't get it. Anyway, I was listening to people initially griping about the names. I'm not going to call it that. We're still going to call it the Staples Center. And then I thought to myself, oh, no, we're going to love it because we're going to call it the Crypt. You're going to have to come to L.A. and play at the Crypt. Can you imagine that? I think that's awesome. We're going to play. You have to go to the Crypt to play the Lakers now. I mean, think about this. If you're the L.A. Hockey Kings and you get to play at the Crypt, I mean, you're the Kings. They could decorate the whole place like an Egyptian tomb or something. Take that crown on their chest and turn it into a pharaoh's headdress or something and uh, change the whole thing. And I started thinking to myself, uh, you know, super fans, they could get buried there. Do you think, do you, <laughs> do you think Jack Nicholson's already thought about that? I bet he has. I bet he's already at Forest Lawn changing some arrangements. Hey, man, you know... I've made a few changes in my final plans, and it turns out I get to be courtside in Section 101 for eternity. And people will be able to actually sit there and buy special Jack I mean, it's amazing, right? Anyway, uh, I don't know if that's the case, but I like it. It's the crypt. People, we're going to go to the crypt for the ballgames, uh, even for the Clippers. We get to go to the crypt. 
Crypto.com. All right, another show somebody needs to explain to me how this even works. Are, are we going to be doing crypto? I guess I need to know, right? Because that might be that might be the currency. The way things are going with the dollar, it very well could be something like that. Anyway, all right, so there's a whole lot of different things in the news that are serious. And, uh, you know, the Rittenhouse trial is going on. It's funny because I'm listening to all these television shows and radio shows, and they all say the same thing. They're all saying, we're watching the jury, and we'll break for news if, the, if anything happens in the trial. You know, do I need to say that in the show? It's probably not going to happen today. Not going to hear anything. I'm not sure. I don't know. The whole thing is a mess over there. MSNBC got banned from the courthouse. Did you hear that? Because apparently some reporter was MSNBC reporter, I guess a freelance reporter, but who works for MSNBC, uh, was following the jury bus away from the courthouse and ran a red light or something to catch up to the bus and got caught. And uh, he claims that MSNBC asked him to do it, so they're thrown out of there. Uh, Isn't that what cable news and social media do these days anyway, jury tampering? I mean, isn't that kind of the whole point, whatever side you're on and different things? I mean, it seems like we're all in the jury. It's a weird culture that we live in where we are the judge and jury, and you go through everybody's comments on social media, people's comments, and we've turned it into some a bunch of left and right stuff about the judge, about the people on trial, about the people who are no longer alive, about all kinds of different things. And, uh, you know, I watch all the cable stations. I think one of the things that you have to do, you just have to grin and bear it. You've got to watch the side you don't agree with whichever side that is, because you need to hear what the different arguments are. You need to hear where, where the different sides agree, because where they agree, that's probably true. And um, somewhere in the middle of it, you can almost find some journalism and reporting. But there's an awful lot of opinion and an awful lot of political spin. And a whole lot of what's happening in our culture today is we are spinning each other up. There are polls saying that more and more Americans are okay with the idea of civil war, for crying out loud. I actually had a caller one time telling me about that. It was off the air, fortunately. And I had to say, who are you going to shoot? And uh, she didn't really have an answer for that. 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I don't want to hear who you think you ought to shoot. What I want to hear is, particularly as believers, what can we do for unity in a lot of these areas? Because if we are the light of the world, if we are salt and light, we can't be spinning each other up right and left. We have to be coming to a point of what is true. And uh, first thing to think about that is true, whatever your thoughts are with all of this stuff going on, is God is still on the throne no matter what. You know, God is never confused about what's going on. God is never looking down and going, wait, what's happening down there? That wasn't the plan. I need to look this up here. No, that's never what God's doing. He is on the throne And I can promise you that history is barreling toward the culmination of God's plan for salvation. It is barreling towards a time where the book of Revelation becomes more and more clear and other prophetical books in the Bible become more and more clear what they mean and how it's going to take place. And I think one of the things that's very clear about that is how we are experiencing so much breakdown. When I'm watching this trial, one of the things that I'm thinking about as I'm hearing people argue about right and left on different things. Are we really living at a time where we need to be arming ourselves? I mean, people have different thoughts about whether or not a person should arm themselves and protect their property where there is civil unrest or other things like this. Uh, Are we coming to a a time when we're going to have to arm ourselves in front of our stores? A mission trip I was at one time in uh, El Salvador 
you notice that uh, if you go to the cities, um, every shop owner has a hired guard standing out front with a shotgun kind of around their chest, you know, or sometimes there's a semi-automatic weapon. Every store, it's like going to the mall, but there's an armed guard out in front of every store. I mean, here most of the time you go to the mall and there's some, you know, armed guard outside the jewelry store, you know, it's some kind of, you know, I don't know if that's really for show or if it's uh, really necessary, but down there it's very necessary. Are we headed that direction? Is that where America is headed? The CDC reported that drug overdoses have increased 500% in the United States since 1999. 20,000 in 1999 drug overdoses in the United States, 100,000 last year from April 2020 to April 2021. So during the pandemic, during the shutdown, we had a 29% increase in drug overdoses in the United States, 29%. You know, one of the things I think that's interesting about that is I don't think it's surprising. Is it? Are you surprised to hear this? I mean, with that kind of increase, you've probably experienced it maybe with somebody you know, or you've certainly experienced the depression that people have or the way people are treating their pain or the fear that we have. There is so much fear today that is prevalent in the way we're approaching all the COVID-19 stuff, whatever you think. Phone number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Love to hear your comments and uh, join our conversation here about this. You know, with the, the Rittenhouse trial, one of the other issues that is there is it's hard to know intent, right? It's hard to know. Everybody's got an opinion. They've got an opinion about the shooter. They've got an opinion about the victims. And it's all messed up. And when we look at the uh, drug increases, drug overdose increases, I don't think that the government, when they imposed the COVID-19 restrictions, intended that there would be an increase in overdoses, that they intended there would be an increase in depression and depression-related stuff. Uh, But I do think it was an obvious result, right? What do we do about this? How do we have unity as a church together, as Christians, if you're a believer? Um, And if you're not a believer, you're always welcome to call this program. Let me tell you where I'm coming from with a lot of stuff. People call, I'm a guest host, right? So uh, I'm not here every day. I'm here once in a while. And I start to get, you know, emails from people who uh, are asking me. One person just said, tell us about yourself. You know, okay. I'm like, okay, well, I can, I don't really have time for all of that. We'll get to that eventually. But one of the things that greatly encouraged, you know, uh, greatly is on my mind whenever we talk about current issues is how do we get past the rhetoric of right and left? How do we get to a place where as the church we're working together? Because I don't think we do a good job at that. I think that there's a lot of conversation about what it would look like. And some of the issues are so difficult. The issues of of race that are a huge deal. And we complicate them we start talking about the academic theories and we argue about that, but we neglect then to have the conversations that we need to have. We neglect to have the relationships that we need to have with each other. We neglect the opportunity to actually listen. What do we do? That's one of the things that's always on my mind. And I think that there is something that we can do. And one of the things that I think helps us with unity is when we realize that God always knows what our intent is in our hearts. He knows everything that's going on. He's not surprised by it. But we often only have the results to look at. 
Milton Friedman, a great quote from Milton Friedman, he said this. He said, one of the great mistakes is to judge policies and programs by their intentions rather than their results. You know, I think when we look at results, we're going to argue less about the intentions because it doesn't matter. What matters at the end of the day was the results. Maybe prohibition had a good intention of helping people not become alcoholics, but the result was the rise of violent crime and Al Capone, and that's why we got rid of it. It wasn't the intent, but it is what actually happened. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Let's go to the phone. Joy from Inglewood. Joy, welcome to the Southern California Live program. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host for today. Thanks for calling. Hello. Hi, Joy. Can you hear me? I can, Joy. Welcome to the show. Can you turn down your radio just Hello. a little bit? Uh, can you turn down your radio? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. So, um, unfortunately, this year, um, back in February, my one and only child who I raised in the church had a great relationship with. He had a drug overdose. It was not fatal, oh. but it was an overdose. And he got a, he texted me a selfie and he said, hey, Mom, I ended up in the hospital. Can you come pick me up in a few hours? And from there, I became a drug and alcohol professional because I wanted to see how it was made, what happened, how it happened, what he went through. He broke three teeth. He's got scratches all over his face for the rest of his life because of the seizure. And so um, the youngsters don't understand what a new normal is or was, and they are going through the, this is the end of my life, and this is what I wanted to try and they're doing anything and everything. I have a um, cousin that I just married my husband, and he's got a family member who watches YouTube videos all day and mm. all night long. And yeah. anybody can post a video. Anybody can post an opinion. And because someone makes the video look professional, he believes it. And at 2 in the morning, he's crying and whining about the vaccine is this and this is that and the COVID-19 and he worries himself all day long to where he's going crazy. We are and doing so that to ourselves in a big way, aren't we? Hey, Joy, how old, how old is your son? My son is 23. He's 23. And was he struggling with things before the pandemic? Yes. Unfortunately, there's a movie called Beautiful Boy and Ben is Back in Four Good Days. That gave me a really good help on what a person does when they're an addict. I never dealt with an addict before, mm. but before it was just weed, and I don't know if you want me to talk about the different ones he used, but then I knew he was struggling a little bit, but he actually took a cocktail of different items yeah. all at the same time, and yeah. the body just went crazy. Well, Joy, and I'm so, real sorry that, that that happened. How's he doing I'm, now? Thank you. I'm, um, well, he lives on his own. He works, of course. He's a working addict, and that's another thing people hide upon under that, and I'm begging him to go to rehab, and he doesn't feel yet he has a problem. So I, yeah. I really am reaching out for prayer for him. He's getting a little better. He's starting to do some exercise and work out, but he still feels that that is his normal, and he wants me to accept that. He says, if you can't accept me and all my extras, you just don't have a son. And I really dealt with that all year long. I have to give him self-love. Wow. Uh, Joy, I'm sorry for what you're going through. Uh, I really am. And can we pray? I'm going to pray for your son. Can I do that and pray for you? Yes, please. Uh, God, right now, we just lift up uh, Joy. We thank you, Lord, that she is a, a great mom, that she's working so hard uh, with her son and with her family, and uh, that you have put things on her heart to get so involved. And I pray that you give her wisdom. I pray that you give her the words to use with uh, 
with her son and with uh, her family and these different things, and I pray for her son. I pray that he would be convicted of a sin, that things he would remember from growing up in the church. I pray, Lord, that, that the words of your Scripture that he no doubt heard would get into his heart and that he would turn to you for hope instead of these drugs or other things, that he would have wisdom from your Holy Spirit. Uh, thank you, Lord, for him. I thank you for joy and for her heart and uh, her wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Joy, uh, thank you for your call and for being on our program. Uh, you know, Joy, uh, and what a great name, Joy. Um, your parents were wise to name you that. And um, I hope that your joy is in the Lord and keep the battle going. I have seen lots of people turn their life around. And uh, they it can be done, and it can be done when we look to Jesus for our hope. I think that that's one of the big problems in our culture today, what we've been seeing, and it's been happening really over the decades, but we're putting our hope in everything except the Lord. We're putting our hope in so many different places. We're putting our hope in the drugs that make us feel better. Um, you know, the whole thing, you mentioned that he started with, with weed, and it's almost not politically correct anymore to say that, uh, you know, that's a gateway drug. That's what we used to say, and it is, in fact, that. Now, there are medicinal purposes, and there's probably some use for that. There's a lot of medicines that we use that are plant-based and other things and uh, that we figured out that can be useful. I'm not talking about that, but the, the very strange thing that has happened, in my view, uh, even with marijuana as we've been legalizing it, is the same groups, including uh, big newspapers like the New York Times and some other groups that were in the 1990s going after tobacco companies, for example, for not being truthful about what they do, to your, what cigarettes have done to our lungs and the cancers and all the damage that it causes. Those same groups of people are endorsing the recreational use of marijuana, even though if you go to the American Lung Association website, for example, it tells you it's worse than cigarettes for your lungs. Uh, it is just another symptom of how we in the culture are looking to anyone but the Lord for our hope, for our salvation. So many things going on. The number here is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. You know, Joy also was talking about uh, how easy it is now for people to put up opinions on YouTube and, or other websites and to make it look nice. I mean, it's incredible uh, how well we can do now with the videos. Remember when the videos were just, you could always tell if it was just somebody in their video camera. There's not enough light. The sound doesn't match. It's kind of grainy, you know, and, uh, but now uh, even the kids are, uh, are able to make videos that look like they're Hollywood produced. The software is good. It is inexpensive relatively. And uh, it's very interesting how a slick presentation can make us believe that something is true when the presentation is just there. I mean, that we do that all the time. There's, there's a struggle with that in, in church, right? There's Sometimes there's a really good presentation of what's going on. Um, and you think, wow, I really uh, worshiped well today and I really got a lot out of it, even though the gospel wasn't presented and even though there wasn't a lot going on. That doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes you have a great show and the gospel is presented well. And I think that there is great value to that if you can do it. Um, but I think it's also important to realize that God doesn't need that that for 2,000 years, most of the gospel has been spread actually person to person, and most of it has spread without anything electronic. And uh, God, and in fact, around the world, that's still happening in such a, a major way. 
888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. One of the questions that we're asking uh, today is <clears throat> what, what can we do to have unity with so many divisions? How can we even understand what is true in such a way to have unity? I'm concerned about that in a way. It's on my mind because of these trials that are going on and the response that's happening to that. I think about Thanksgiving coming up and the conversations that we're going to have with family and friends if we go visit on Thanksgiving. There's other things that are, that are going on uh, in the world. Um, the, uh, when we're talking about God knowing our intentions, Proverbs 16, two says all a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. What's your motive with different things? Sometimes we look to YouTube or we look to our favorite news station to confirm an opinion we already have. That's why we only look at one side. Um, here's a question for you. Can you respect somebody who has taken a look at coronavirus stuff, masks or vaccines, or taken and taken a look at all the studies and all of the input there and come to a different opinion than you, even though they've looked at the same evidence and they've looked at this. Can you respect that other person? Or can you respect somebody else who's looked at these trials in the same way as you have and the same thing and they come to a different perspective of what's going on? Can you respect that? I think we need to find a way to do that in the church because there's something much greater going on that at the end of the day, the answer to some of those questions isn't even the point. It's what do we do to move forward? This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host for today. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Love to have you join our program. We're going to take a little break. I'll be back in just a few moments. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host for today. And we're talking about some of the issues that are in the news today and looking at it from a Christian perspective. Some big stories, of course, in the news. And uh, the Rittenhouse jury, that's on all the stations, and everybody's talking about it. And uh, they're not going to come to a conclusion today. They've uh, already gone back uh, wherever they go. I don't think they're sequestered. I guess they just go home. So uh, apparently the news stations are sending people to their homes to stock them or something. I think it's a felony. We mentioned before that MSNBC got in trouble for apparently sending some uh, freelance reporter to follow the bus for the jury. Um, and uh, that's a pretty scary thing. I think if that's a real deal there, whatever comes about, it's it's a felony, you know, jury tampering with all of that. And uh, what are the things that you think should happen with the result of that. And some of the issues in that are, are we becoming culture where we have to have vigilante justice, where we need to carry our own weapons into uh, whatever civil unrest might be there? Or do we cause it with weapons? You know, are we moving to another place in this? And as believers, how do we respond in unity as we see our culture struggle in these ways. The number here, I'd love to hear your comments on these things. 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. And um, as we talk about these things, you know, I want to get in your your kitchen just a little bit. You know, as a, as a guest host, and I've been here enough times now where I feel like I can take the jacket off a little bit. You know, if I was coming to your house 
and we're new getting to know each other. Well, you know, at first you, you, when you go to somebody's house and you visit, you sit down in their living room and it's a little bit formal and uh, maybe you eat, you know, some, ple- some people have a, a fancy dining room table that you only use for Thanksgiving uh, and for brand new guests. And uh, so you sit there and, you know, you're getting to know each other. It's kind of surfacey. But after you've been with each other for a while, the next thing that happens is you move into the family room, right, or the den or whatever casual room. Maybe you go out in the backyard and you hang out just a little bit more and you get to know people on a deeper level, what makes them tick. But eventually, when you really get to know people and they say to you, make yourself at home, you start having conversations in the kitchen. This is how you know you've really made it with somebody and you're their friend. You're getting to know them. It's that you go over to their house and the conversation moves to the kitchen. It's very casual. Sometimes it's messy and you don't care. You are just enjoying that person's company. I want to, as your, your guest host today, get in your kitchen a little bit. And I think that we, even in the church, we've seen it in churches, we see it in Christian radio, we see it in, in talk radio, we see it in the left and the right, all kinds of stuff, a bunch of things being said, stirring people up left and right. And I don't think we're helping our cause very much. I think if Jesus were to come and sit down in front of me in this radio station, I've said this before, and tell us all the truth about what's going on, here's the interesting thing. Have we moved the kingdom of God forward in the conversations that we're having? And as you post things about this trial, man, my my social media is lit up about this trial. And some of it is just news. I've got a person who, I mean, he might be the best news source ever because he just posts the best news he can find about things and he tries to be balanced with it. And I keep telling him, uh, you need to have the Nelson News Service. His name is Nelson. But most of what I get is inflammatory inflammatory on left and right and name-calling and lots of stuff. And I'm thinking, where is this going? And I'm seeing it from believers and non-believers. I can't tell the difference. What is it that we need to do? 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. If you've got any comments about the Rittenhouse trial or the other things that are going on in the news, we talked about drug overdoses and uh, how that has increased. OSHA is being uh, told by the courts to uh, stop the Biden mask mandate. And um, OSHA is not making that decision. The courts are making that decision. So the courts have stepped in and completely stopped uh, the president's mask mandate. Uh, that doesn't stop the local mask mandates or vaccine mandates. I'm sorry, not the mask mandate, the vaccine mask mandates. And the, the Supreme Court probably will issue a ruling on that at some point, probably sometime after Christmas, if he can really do that. A lot of people have uh, some different opinions about that. And you probably have some opinions about that. And we can hear about that as well. 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. One of the things I'm getting at is this. As believers... How can we see all of these things through the lens of discipleship, through the lens of the unity that Jesus has called us to? You know, in John 17, one of the great passages in Scripture, Jesus invites us to unity, and he prays for us. He prays for you. Did you know that Jesus prays for you? And he prays for his disciples, and he prays for how he's going to send them out. And then he prays for us. John 17, verse 20 says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, 
may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be at one as we are one. I and them and you and me, so that we may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This is Jesus praying that we are to be one with each other and a struggle for the church. It's been a struggle for the church since the beginning. The reason that Paul's writing these letters to these churches often is because they're struggling in this area, and we don't reflect it. There's so many divisions. We have divisions in, in race that are significant today in the church, not just in the culture, in the church. We need to move beyond that. We need to be one. We're not called to be one, but separate. We're called to be one as the body of Christ. The number here is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Love to hear comments. Give me a call on these things. See, what seems like what we're doing is we're spinning people up and we're being misled. And it's very difficult to know sometimes how we're being misled. How do we view current events through the lens of unity as Christians? How do we take this moment and say, our culture left and right is picking sides on things that they don't know for sure what really is happening. 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Let's go to Sylvester from Riverside. Sylvester, welcome to Southern California Live. Right, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Oh, just blessed, blessed. All right, well, thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Well, I was, uh, you had said about uh, what's going on in today's uh, topic, and I know that uh, Jesus asked the disciples, uh, why uh, or how many swords do we have? And they said two. And Jesus said, well, that is enough. And my opinion on that is, is that there is a time and a place for everything, and I don't think that we have to, you know, be vigilantes, but I do know that God forbid that someone were to break into our our home or try to hurt my family. I'm going to be praying as I hear the ruckus, but at the same time, I'm going to be ready to defend uh, with deadly force, if need be, if someone were to come into my house. He's actually broke through a known barrier that is not only illegal, but even life-threatening. So that's yeah. just my opinion. And uh, we know that there are robbers on the road even during Christ's time and so on and so forth. And I, that's my opinion. I think he, he knew that there's a time and place for everything, and we have to be uh, aware and sober and vigilant. Go ahead. Yeah, you know what? Um, that is a, you know, it's a normal thing in culture uh, for people to need to defend themselves. One of the reasons that we have the Second Amendment, I know people might have different arguments about that, but when you read what the Founding Fathers meant by this, um, they, I believe, and, I, and the courts have believed, even most people on the left in the courts have believed, that actually they did mean personally arming yourself. And people will argue today, you know, well, did they foresee automatic weapons and, and things of that nature? And those are, you know, interesting conversations to have. As a Christian, here's a question. As a Christian, should you arm yourself, even to protect your home? Uh, As a Christian, if there is civil unrest or something going on, should you leave the home with your... I think most people would agree with you, Sylvester, that if people are breaking into your house, you have uh, a right to protect yourself. You know, one of the things that when I talk to people who have gone through this, people in the military or people who are police officers, you know, one of the things that they always say to me 
is they say, as you buy a gun for your home security, as you buy a gun to protect yourself or your family, have you really considered what it means to shoot somebody? Have you really considered what that means? And I don't think they're saying, hey, you know, don't protect yourself. I don't think they're saying that. I think that what they're saying is, if you take a human life, even in your own defense, it's going to affect you. Violence is something that affects us tremendously. Whatever happens in this whole Rittenhouse thing, that young man is going to be dealing with the fact his entire life, no matter how innocent he thinks he is, whether he gets acquitted or convicted, whatever happens, he is going to have to deal with the fact that he shot and killed two people. Even if his, in his own mind, whatever they decide, he was completely defending himself. Police officers, when they have shot somebody and it's a clean shoot, when it is completely legit, when they're like, you know, nobody's questioning it, it's really hard. And that's something that we have to ask ourselves, and I think it gets to the core of who we are as human beings. You know, uh, when Jesus uh, tells his disciples it's enough, he's, he's not when he asks, they have the swords and everything. You know, he's doing something different. One of the things I think that we see is when Peter cuts off the ear of Malchus, right? I mean, this is civil unrest. That's what this is, right? It's They're in the garden, and Jesus is being arrested. Peter knows it's fraudulent. He knows that Judas now is a bad guy, that Judas has betrayed him. There are sides. Uh, Peter probably was part of a political point of view called the Zealots, most people think, uh, Simon the Zealot, one of the other apostles. The Zealots had no problem committing violence if they felt like they were in danger or if they felt like they needed to to defend even their point of view. In this case, though, Jesus didn't like it. What's he do? He heals Malchus. And it was against the plan. The plan, God's plan, was for Jesus to be arrested that night, for him to be betrayed. It was prophesied about it was going to happen. I think, I think, Sylvester, one of the things that we need to think about as we think about all this violence that's going on, is what it means to actually take the life of a human being, what it means to actually be a part of violence. There's a lot of people listening who have been on the receiving end of it, domestic violence, gang violence, uh, other kinds of uh, violence, and they've been on the giving end with uh, the military, police, other sides, and it's rough. It's not a simple thing. It's not something that we can just easily uh, get over. I got to take a break. We'll continue the conversation afterward. Love to hear from you. Your our number is eight 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 fifty two talks eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host today. And we've been talking about things that are in the news, the Rittenhouse trial, and some of the things that are related to that. And one of the questions that I'm asking is, how do we move forward as believers in unity? And it's a little bit open-ended with that. And the conversation has moved to a place where we're talking about violence. And, you know, what is our, our view about that? And what do we do as believers moving moving forward the phone number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Anne from Torrance, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Anne. Hi. How are uh, you? Okay, thank you. Uh, you know, I wonder, I, I'm a little angry, to be honest. I, yeah. I'm tired of a passive 
uh, nicey poo type of Christian. I really uh-huh. am. I don't see the uh, Christians standing up there. I believe they're deceived by, we're, you know, this is the Antichrist government. And yet they are buying the deception. So anyway, talking about the violence, of course, nobody's advocating violence. We don't want to be violent. However, if we do not stand up, and, and if it comes to being uh, to that point, which we don't want, if we don't back it up with that, then our resistance, and the Bible tells us to resist and occupy. And Where does it, it you know, say to resist and, and occupy? Where does the Bible say to resist and occupy? What does that well, mean? You know, I'm, I'm so sorry, sir. I don't exactly know exactly where it is, but I do, I'm clear that it said it. I don't think it says resist and occupy in the, in the way that you're thinking. We certainly are to resist the devil and his schemes. Definitely says that. Well, yes, it includes resisting the devil. But, sir, if we do not, we send people across uh, to fight in other nations, and we celebrate them. We just celebrated Veterans Day. And yet the Christians in America, we are being uh, basically attacked from within. The communists used to say, we'll take you down from within. And so we are uh, being, we're in a strange type of war, but we're being attacked. Our freedoms, our country is under attack, and we're about, we could, we could very soon lose it. They're pushing for the passport. Most Christians vaccine as though it's really a vaccine instead of a bioweapon. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, and I appreciate, I appreciate your call, and thanks for calling. Um, you know, these kinds of things are kind of where I'm getting at here is, you know, there's a lot of different opinion about the vaccine. And in a few years, I suppose we're going to know different things about it. But the idea that it's a bioweapon, where does that come from, actually? And as Christians, I agree that Christians need to stop being passive. But I think that maybe the right word is we need to be effective in the culture. Does that make sense? It's a little bit different. I think that in some ways we are not effective in the culture because we are backing stories that are not true. Uh, Some of what we back is true, but we get so political on the right and left, and both sides are doing it, by the way. There's stuff on the right and the left. Uh, There's a story this weekend, okay? So this weekend there's a church in Texas that hosted an event uh, that was very political in nature and... uh, and the, the big story was everybody starts chanting the let's go Brandon, okay, which if you don't know where that comes from, what it actually literally means is uh, F.U. Joe Biden. That's what it is, is a euphemism for. And it didn't reflect well on Christians, that, that Christians in a church from church pews would chant something that even if they say, well, I don't mean it that way, I'm just saying it as a protest to the administration. It's still what people, it's still what it means, it's a, we don't need, we shouldn't be in coming up with some euphemisms. We should say what's right and what's wrong about uh, the administration or also where we don't know. But the other thing that came out of this was a prayer was shared and the prayer had an awful lot to do with resistance and these kinds of things. And it was presented as a Christian prayer and you can look on this on, online and uh, it was, people would repeat different parts of it, but the prayer came from a Christian that's not Christian, it came from a cult, a cult called the I Am Cult, and it's a a prayer 
that maybe the person leading the prayer didn't realize this. Maybe his grandma gave him the prayer and he keeps it in his pocket and he just likes to pray it, right? But it's word for word cultish. And you have this entire group of believers, presumably in a church, chanting a a cult prayer, a prayer that is anti-Christ. Nobody in the room, room knows it. You know what Jesus tells us, my friends, Christians? This is where I get in your kitchen. When people ask about the end times, when people ask what should we be doing as believers, the answer is always do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. My friends, part of the problem for us is that we're deceived. And here's the reason we're deceived. We forgot that our sword is the Bible. We forgot that we put on the whole armor of God, not just whatever part we like. We forgot that the fruit of the Spirit, against such things there is no law, no government, nobody can take away those things. This is our weapon, and it's, it's not passive to sit in those things. A sword, your Bible, it's a defensive weapon and it is an offensive weapon. But it is something that is going to give you truth. It is going to give you a worldview that is right, a worldview where you can discern between what kinds of things are happening and what kinds of things are not. And I think one of the problems that we have in our faith is that we poo-poo that, that it is far more exciting to talk about our politics. It is far more exciting somehow to argue about whether or not we should take our weapon out to some kind of civil unrest. It is far more exciting to get into these things and they dominate our conversations. It's hard to not make that do that because we're passionate and because, you know, and one thing I think you're right about is we're, we're losing our country. We are. But the reason we're losing our country is because even in the church, we forgot what we were built on. We forgot the truth of the scriptures. We forgot about what it, that there is a spiritual battle going on that is very, very real. And we come up with things that aren't spiritual and we want to fight about those or we think they're spiritual, but they're really not the thing. I agree. Christians, we need to be more active, but we have to be active in unity for the gospel's sake. We need to look through the lens of making disciples at the people that God has placed around us and say, what would Jesus do if he were with this person, this person that I work with, this person that I live with, this person that I go to school with, this person who is my roommate, this person who is across the hall, this person who is my Facebook friend, this person who is on my Twitter, this person who's following me on TikTok or whatever. Because those people that we know, they need to see the gospel of Christ. That's what they need. You know, one of the things I think is that with our political opinions, we can have them and we can be kind of just short with them. I believe these things, that's where I stand. Now, can we be friends and not talk about this if we disagree in such a way? Because the thing is, is that there's so many things politically right and left. And I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, everybody's wrong. Every government system is going to fail, all of them, every one of them. Am I concerned that our country is going uh, socialist or communist? I am, and I'm concerned because it has always been a disaster in history. People say, well, not in European. Well, you know what? Some of those uh, small European countries who 
like to say they have success with socialism. First of all, it's not as successful as you'd think. Secondly, they also don't have as much of a defense budget because they have the United States and NATO. Imagine if that went away, then the socialism doesn't work, does it? But the bigger problem with it is that these things push out God. These things make the state God. Communism was a failure for a whole lot of reasons, but one of the big reasons was it was anti-God. It was making the state God. You could not have a higher source of wisdom than the state, uh, which is in evil from the outset. Uh, the idea, the intention of making sure that everybody is fed and that everything is working well, you can do that. But if your intention is to exclude God from that, you can't. All right, friends, we're out of time, and uh, maybe we'll continue some of this in the next hour. But uh, that's the thing. You know, I believe that Christians do need to stand up for what is true. But we need to stand up together, and we need to discern what is true. And we need to do so in a firm but loving and straightforward way, not with the euphemisms, not with the Fox News or MSNBC or whichever side we're on, but with the lens of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because Jesus is coming soon. There will be Antichrist. There will be a time when you are forced to worship the beast or else you can't buy food or else you will lose your job. One way or the other, that's coming. People need to know the gospel. All right, out of time. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll be back in just a few moments. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 